Hi, hi. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for being here. Um, to all my wonderful listeners that have come back week after week, I truly appreciate you. For my new listeners, I appreciate you um, also. Thank you so much for being here. And um, today we're going to be diving into another study. So get your pen, get a soothing tea, and let's just dive in. Now, we're looking at the ascension of Elijah, and we're going to be doing a series more looking at um, the fact that this earth is not the end and here is not our final home. And I think I'm happy that actually here is not our final home. Imagine if this was it, or imagine if after here there was nothing else. That's a really sad and sorry state, I think. So I'm happy that um, I have eternity to spend with Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> so our word is going to be taken from 2 Kings 2, 1 to 12. 2 Kings 2, 1 to 12. And I'll read. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me unto Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elisha, sorry, Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here. Please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? So he answered, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elisha said, Elijah, sorry again. Elijah said to him, Stay here. Please, for the Lord has sent me unto the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on, and fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water, and it was divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was, when they had crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you, before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, Please, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened, as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. Praise the Lord. And he goes on and on. Very interesting story. So, today we're going to look at certain things. Now, in verse 1, we can see, and I'm, let me first of all give us the, the, the areas we're going to be looking at. We're going to be looking at the appointed time, devotion, number two, devotion, 
Are you writing it down? Number three, prophecy. Number four, spiritual inheritance. Number five, focus. Number six, we're going to be looking at loss. And number seven, finishing well, finishing the race well. That's number seven. So let's just dive right in. Now, from the first verse we see here, when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, right? So we see that there was a time already appointed for Elijah to go. And in Ecclesiastes, we do know that there's a time for everything. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to laugh, a time to cry. Um, So many things. And it goes on and on and on and on. But even as we know, and that there's a time that we are all going to leave this earth. Um, most times, it's either we don't think about it, or we just, um, we just, you know, don't even bother ourselves delving in and trying to understand, okay, what does this even mean for me? The fact is that everyone is going to leave this earth. No one is living forever. You're going to die one day. Just accept it. You're actually going to die one day. You're going to leave this world one day. And... So having that knowledge of the fact that no matter how you want to, if you like, whatever you want to do with science or whatever, there is a day when you will leave this earth. I think we now have to, I think that helps to reposition our mind to say, okay, so what is more, what is critical? What is important since I'm going to leave this earth? And we who are Christians, we believe that when we die, we are going that our the, the physical is just a physical death that we have eternity with our Lord and Savior. So for us, it's more like going from one door to another, and that is what we strongly believe. And we have seen Him, uh, heard what our Father in heaven has said, and what the Lord Jesus, and we believe it in faith. And so we know that death is just the beginning. Death is just a passageway. It's not um, the end. It's not the end. But the fact is that everyone is going to die one day. So I think we need to accept that and understand it. And now say, okay, it's not to make you aware and become scared, but rather so that you begin to think of what am I leaving behind? Okay. What am I, what's going to be in the, in in my passing? What would, what would be the, 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 the thing that they would say about me? Would it draw people back to Christ? Would they um, look at my life and see Christ? Or they will look at my life and um, it's something we, we don't want. Now, just to first of all mention, Elijah didn't actually die. He, he ascended into heaven. So it was not recorded that he died, right? Okay. Then we come to number two, devotion. We can see how Elisha was so devoted to Elijah. On three occasions, he told him, stay here. Stay here. I want to go somewhere. The Lord has sent me here and sent me there. And Elisha said, what? No way. I'm with you anywhere you are going. Um, I'm going to go with you. I think we saw that same scenario with Ruth and Naomi, where she refused to let go of her and she followed her. So you see that devotion that Elijah had, Elisha had for Elijah. And even when it didn't make sense, because if you look at the journey they took, they went from Gilgal, which is um, in Jordan, went to Bethel, went to Jericho, and still came back to the Jordan River. Like, just like a circle journey. It didn't make sense. Uh, I, I, like, 
if you look at it in the normal human mind, it doesn't make sense. Like logical mind, it doesn't make sense. So now we know, yes, that it it followed the um, the like the life of um, the people of Israel when they were moving with um, Joshua. They went through it's like they were doing exactly those same things. So that the narrative, but however, be just looking at it the way it happened, it will make sense. And so we look at the fact that our devotion. We're supposed to be devoted to God, devoted to Christ and this walk with Christ. And sometimes it may not make sense. It may not make sense to the human understanding that what, what we are doing may not make sense to them. But so far you know that this is what God has asked you to do. Don't let anybody discourage you. Don't let anybody talk you down. The, the, the word wasn't given to them, it was given to you. So even as Elijah, Elisha didn't understand, maybe he, maybe, I don't know, but um, he might have wondered, uh, why are you taking me to Gilgal, which is where the, the, the Israelites crossed into the promised land. Then they went to Bethel and then they went to Jericho, where you know they had a great victory, not so. And then came back again and crossed the Jordan River, the same river that Joshua parted, um, Elijah now parted. So you see that it was... It, it had spiritual significance, if even though physically it might not have made sense. So most of our lives, not everybody has to understand what you're doing. But so far you understand that this is where God is leading you. Please, let us learn to follow the Spirit, the Spirit of God. You know, this morning when I was talking about trying to um, prepare this study, right... My mind was going in another direction. And I was like, I want to take you to this direction, but I don't understand how it's going in this direction. And I could feel um, a thug in my spirit, like a thug, like, okay, don't take it this way. This is the way I want you to look at it. And I was like, if, at first I was like, ah, will it, like, I don't know how to bring this story together. And I was like, at the point, I could see that struggle. And I saw that, you know what, like I'm struggling with the Holy Spirit. I said, okay, let me calm myself down. And I just allowed the lesson to flow. Let me see where he's taking me in this lesson. So at times in our life, believe me, where you are right now may not make sense to you. I'm telling you, most of the times we've been in that situation where where you are doesn't make sense to you. But believe me that if you are walking with God, (laughs) where you are makes a whole lot of sense. It may not make sense to you right now, but believe me, it does. Because everything God God does is done beautifully, okay? And it's perfectly timed. There is no mistake. Even if the world, believe me, people in the world will see it as a mistake. People in the world will see that you're not, maybe you're not moving forward. People in the world will tell you, are you sure you're thinking well? But God knows where he's taking you to. So I want you to, I just want to encourage you. If you are there, you're following God. It doesn't make sense to people. It's okay. Okay. It's very okay. Keep on. I want to encourage you to just keep on following God and he will lead you to a perfect end. Praise the Lord. So we should be devoted to God and devoted to the the path he's taking us. And the Bible says in Romans 8 that it's those who are led by the Spirit of God that are the true sons of God. So you're supposed to be allowing yourself to be led by the Spirit of God in your everyday life. So let us be devoted, be loyal to Christ. If you say you follow Christ, then be devoted to him. Then we go to number three, prophecy. I mean, look at what just happened here. The same thing the prophet said in um, the same thing the prophet say, um, said in um, Bethel was the exact same thing another set of prophets said in Jericho, and Elisha already knew. And they kept telling him, "You know, today your master is going to leave you today, right?" And he said, "Yes, I know. Yes, I know." And what does that tell you? This is this is this is the gift of prophecy. 
Praise the Lord. And there are many people operating in this gift and in other gifts. But we see that what God was saying did not change with destination. There is no confusion with God. But the beautiful thing we see that these people were living out the gift that God had put in them. And God is always speaking. The question is, have you tuned yourself into to listen? You know, when we are born, we are taught how to talk, how to work. So basically, we are taught how to use all our physical senses. But nobody really teaches us how to use our spiritual senses, which is something we need to learn. So we're supposed to use these gifts and exercise them and grow in them. Elisha, Elijah, they all did that. So you and I, are we so overtaken by the cares of the world that have we've not looked at, okay, what has God put in me? Remember the, stories of the, ta- the story of the talents. He gave one ten, one five, one one. The one he gave 10 utilized his talents. Whatever those talents were, talents of love, the gifts of the Holy Spirit given to you and also and so and so on. The one that had five used it to bless uh, and invested and made money. While the one that had one did what he buried it. Some of us, we are, we, you know, we say that we are treasures in earthen vessels. And God has deposited so much, so many great things in us. But we are sitting on it. We are sitting on it. It's not how long you live. It's what you do with the life that God has given you. It doesn't really matter how long you live. So it is what you do with that life that matters. So since you know that this world is, is going to end one day, you're going to, you're going to leave this earth one day. Whether you like it or not, you're going to leave this world one day. Therefore, how do you want to live it? Are you going to carry all the gifting that God has given you and take it back to him and say, you know, you gave me this thing and then you return it back? Or are you going to use, I want to challenge you, are you going to use those gifts given to you, to his glory? Are you going to pour yourself out empty here on earth and use it to bless the people around you? Or are you going to package it very well and take it back with you to and where you are going? Praise the Lord. So we see the gift of prophecy. Now, God is always speaking, right? And I'm just going to use an analogy of a radio. I heard it somewhere and it made a lot of sense. The radio stations, you could have a radio is not turned on. You're not hearing what is being said. You can even turn on the radio, <laughs> but you are still not hearing what is being said. You tune in, you tune in and you hear. You tune in and you hear what is, is being, what is going on. And it's the exact same thing that you in, uh, wherever you are, you hear. And me over here, I will hear. Because the spirit of God is one. There is no confusion. Praise the Lord. So I think we need to spend time because God wants to tell you what he is doing. He wants to tell you what is going to happen. He wants to tell you a lot of things. But most times we are not even at the place where we can listen. We have not prepared ourselves to even hear the word of God. And that is something we need to learn. To spend time so that we can hear from God and hear what he's saying. Praise the Lord. Then we come on to another point. We want to look at what did Elijah, Elijah told Elisha, you can ask me anything, anything you want to ask me. <laughs> that kind of blank check, blank statement. Ah, <laughs> if God gave you that and asked you, ask me anything you want, what would you ask for? <laughs> hey. I want you to tell yourself the truth. What would you ask for? (laughs) Oh, you see, Elisha didn't ask 
oh, I want my life to be comfortable. I want my family and I to live a long life and be healthy and have all the money in the world and have no troubles and all that. He didn't ask that. Elisha didn't ask that. He wasn't looking at the physical, the material things that, 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 that depreciate. He was looking at the spiritual things of God. He was asking for a spiritual inheritance. He wasn't asking for a physical inheritance. I mean, Elijah was going. So what was he going to leave behind? But he wasn't asking for something physical. Because he knew that that that, that doesn't matter. He was asking for something else. And he asked, he said, I want a double portion of your spirit. (laughs) Now, asking for a double portion of the spirit is not a small thing. It's not a small thing at all. Carrying that, um, carrying that spirit comes with a lot of responsibility, a lot of pressures. But he asked for it because he knew he could use it for greater things. He asked for spiritual inheritance. What would you have asked for? And you can imagine, Elisha, Elisha, even at the end of his own life, he died of sickness. He, he, he fell sick and died. Quite interesting. But he was still recorded that his bones that were buried. I think they said um, the dry, a body also fell there or something. And the dead body rose, um, rose alive. So even his dead body, even that had died from sickness, still carried the power of God. Still carried the power of God. It's very, very interesting. It's very, very interesting. So you see, we need to, I I hope this study helps us to like rethink what is important to us. A lot of us have made the world decide to us what success should be. And, 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 and people feel, oh, when you snap looking this way and in this era of selfies and the rest, when you go here and snap and you go there, oh, you're successful. When you do this, oh, you're successful. So we have reduced being successful to just having a whole lot of material things, maybe having some power. That means you're successful. I think you need to ask yourself, what does success mean to you? Not what the world has defined as success, but what does success mean to you? And again, what would you want? Even I think um, when God asked Solomon, okay, um, you have done this. I'm so pleased with this. What would you like me to give you? Again, a blank check. Solomon could have asked for any other thing. But what he asked for was not for himself, but rather was to use to help his people. What are you asking for? Is it for yourself so that you can enjoy your own pleasures? What are you asking God for? So let us see what is important. He didn't seek material inheritance, but spiritual inheritance. Then we come to the um, the fifth point, focus. Focus. Putting our eye on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. What did he say? Um, Elijah told Elisha, make sure if you see me when I ascend, you'll get what you ask. But if you don't see me, oh yeah, it's your case. Right? And the Bible said, suddenly, while they were talking, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses with fire and horses with fire appeared and separated them and a whirlwind took Elijah away. Suddenly. Keep your focus on Christ. Oh my God, the stresses in this world, the stresses and with the coronavirus and 
you know, trying to navigate a whole lot. Sometimes we, we, we tend to focus on all the issues in life and take our eye off Christ, take our eye off Jesus. And the funny thing, we feel worse off. I can tell you that. We feel worse off. We don't even feel better. Keep your eye focused on Christ so you don't miss what he's doing. Keep your eye focused on God. What do you focus on? Elisha could have been carried away with the gist. He might have noticed something else that would have taken his focus away. But I believe he was paying very close attention to make sure that he didn't miss it. Are you paying attention to what God is doing? Keep your focus on Jesus. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and every other thing will be added unto you. What are you seeking? <laughs> Wait, where's your focus? Now look at the Bible again. We looked at when um, Jesus was coming on the, on the waters, and Peter asked him, Please, can I come unto you? Can I come to you, Jesus? And Jesus said, Yeah, come. And Peter came out and stood on the water and was walking to Christ. He was walking on water. Next thing. You see, suddenly he took himself up. He looked at the waves. The waves were so scary. And what happened? Fear gripped him. So many of us. We started out looking at Jesus. We started out with our eye on Jesus. But then, this trouble, this, this, this difficulty, this promotion, this other thing came. And we removed our eye of Jesus. And now we are drowning. We are drowning. Because we we lost focus. Keep your eye on Jesus. And the funny thing is that some things you go through, when you focus on only that problem, you know what happens? You become overwhelmed and depressed with it. It makes no sense to you. But when you focus on Christ, even when you are still going through the thing, even when you are still going through it, you begin to see purpose in that thing you are going through. And it gives you the grace to go through it. The last time I talked about um, the praise and the pain. The praise and the pain. If you look at that, if you're so focused on your problem, you only see the pain. It overwhelms you. It depresses you. It breaks you down. But when you praise... What happens is that you're taking, you're acknowledging God. You're shifting that focus back to God. It encourages you. It lifts you up. Praise the Lord. The Bible admonishes us to keep our focus on Jesus. Keep your focus on Jesus. And he will take care of the rest. This earth is not not our home. So we should be having eternity in mind. Not this, uh, uh, not, not only this earth. Then we come to the next one. When Elijah had been taken, Elijah grieved. Elijah grieved. Then he tore his clothes. He grieved. He lost someone. Who said as a child of God that you shouldn't grieve? Yes, you know the person has gone to be with God. So it doesn't mean that you don't miss the person. Doesn't mean that you don't experience the loss of not having the person with you. So, so not as if you won't grieve. We don't grieve like people in the world, yes. Like a, 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 the sorrow that overwhelms you as though the person has gone into nothingness. No, we know we'll meet again. We have that faith that we'll meet again. But we are grieving the Lord that will not see you here again on earth. And it is very okay. 
The Bible declared that Jesus wept. He saw the way the people were crying for Lazarus. He was filled with compassion and he wept. It is okay to grieve and to grieve your loss. Praise the Lord. It's okay to miss people. Then we come to the final one. Finishing well. Elisha ran the race, did the work, and he was going home. Oh, may that be our goal in the name of Jesus, that we finish this race well. And you can't do it on your own. No. You cannot will yourself to finish the race well. You cannot will yourself. It's not about a mental thing. You need the Holy Spirit to help you. You need the Holy Spirit to help you to live it, out and live it out for God. To guide you, to direct you, to encourage you, to comfort you, to uplift you, to rebuke you sometimes when you're trying to go to that side. We need the Holy Spirit. And thank God. We don't have to do it alone. Thank God we are not alone. <laughs> the Bible said that our Lord Jesus daily, didn't say monthly, the daily intercedes on our behalf. And then we have the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. And so the angels, the saints, are all rooting for us. So let me tell you, you're not alone. Brothers, sisters, you're not alone. You have a lot of people rooting for you. So rest on all you have and run this race and run it faithfully. He who brought you will lead you safely to the end. We may not know the hour or the day we are going. None of us know that. But we are praying that just as Paul prayed, just as Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, 7, 2 Timothy 4, 7. And what did he say there? He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. May that be your prayer. May that be, uh, may that um, come to pass in your life in the name of Jesus. That at the end of it all, we will say we have fought the good fight. We have finished the race and we have kept our faith. Now that we know that the earth is not our home, we should walk faithfully, holding on to God, putting that big picture of eternity in our minds. So that anything we are doing, we don't just chase only material things that we will leave behind. Nobody has carried any wealth, any clothes, any car, anything and left this world. No single person. So all you are chasing is only for here. It's, it ends here. Thank God. This is not all there is. <laughs> Thank God this is not all there is. Thank God this is not all there is. Praise the Lord. And one key thing to note, Elijah couldn't take Elisha along with him. So it is a personal journey. And one out that I would love you to take. It is a personal journey. But remember, there are so many people helping you along the way. But it is your personal race. We will all leave this earth one day, either by death, death could come through sickness or through anything. Everybody will leave this earth. And just the same way you know that you will leave this earth, the same way you know that your, your family members will also leave the earth. 
So what is important is where are we going after here? Will we see again? Where are we going after here? Are you preparing them for Christ? For heaven, will I say, for eternity? Are you preparing them? Or do you see them and you don't pray for them nothing? You just run your own race, only you. Only you wants to go to heaven, only you. Or are you praying for them? That they also will make their way to heaven. Praise the Lord. So please admonish us. We saw the life and story of Elijah. We saw um, his, his going home. We, this is us watching him going home. Elisha watched him going home. And it is a beautiful thing when a child of God has been faithful through his service and is going home to rest. I pray that each and every one of us will have that same testimony that we fought the good fight, that we finished the race, and that we kept the faith. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I do pray you learned a lot from it. You can go and do further study because it is very important we spend time with the Word of God, studying His Word, as it encourages us that no matter what, God is still with us. And now, yeah, Elijah knew, Elijah knew when he was going. Remember, Hezekiah, God told him, get your house in order. So God could tell you when you're going, or he may not tell you. But you should be prepared because he said that he can come like that, that he comes like a thief in the night. The day, the day, the hour, no one knows, right? So just be, be ready. But pour yourself out. Give all you can. And the Lord will bless you in Jesus' name. So till next time, this is Chi. Stay blessed. Thank mm-hmm. you.